We're going to be learning Kutisiches Chelek Tazbav, fourth Sicha for Parshas Miketz. This is a, a, a Rashi Sicha. The end of the Parsha tells us that the last Pasuk, Yeshiv Yisrael, Be'eretz Yisrael, Be'eretz Kaishin, Be'yachsuba Yifru Yirubai, tells us that the Yisrael, that the Yidin lived in Eretz Yisrael, in Eretz Kaishin, and they took possession of it, and they were very fruitful, and they multiplied. So in the Pasuk, the Pasuk's telling us how the Yidin were very successful in Mitzrayim, and that's going to contrast very drastically with the beginning of Parsha Shmois, where it talks about how the Yidin uh, were enslaved. But we look at Rashi on the Pasuk, the Yachsuba. Rashi tells us what does the word Yachazu mean? It's a Lashon of a Chuzah, a Lashon of possession. So just to give a little background, so the the, 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 the etzim pshat of Achuza is a inheritance. It's a possession of land which belongs to a family forever. Like when the Yidin eventually got went into Eretz Yisrael, they got a, they got land which was a chuzas oilam, an internal inheritance of land. But many times in the Torah, Achuza could also be used to refer to a possession which one uh, takes hold of, but in a more permanent type of fashion. So even if it's not the same level of permanence, which Eretz Yisrael has, which of course is eternal, but still the idea of a chuzu would be when a person takes a, a possession of a land and it's theirs for many, many years, you could also see this lotion of a chuzu, because it's coming from the etzim shot of a chuzu would be an internal inheritance, but it also could be used for a, a, a possession which is in a family or by an individual, and it, it, he has possession of it in a very strong way. So in this word, V'yachzubai, we also have a medrash, which has a different shot of how to translate the word V'yachzubai, because V'yachzubai could really be translated in two ways. One is like Rashi just said, that you look at the lush, it's a lotion of a chuzah, the Aleph Ches Zayin Sherish is a lotion of a possession, taking possession of, of, of the land, but it also comes from the lotion of Oichez, to, to grab onto. So chuzah could also mean to grab onto it. So what, what would that mean in our Pasuk? So the Medrash tells us that means the land took hold of the Jewish people. As the, the Medrash contrasts Eretz Mitzrayim to Eretz Yisrael. That Eretz Mitzrayim was the land that held on to the Jewish people that they weren't able to leave from it. Against the will, they had to stay there. It was part of the Gezera of, of Rambin Habasarim that had to be there for 400 years. But they stayed 210 years in Mitzrayim. But eventually when they go to Eretz Yisrael, which would be in a chuzah to the Bnei Yisrael, it says they will be oiches onto Eretz Yisrael. They will hold on to Eretz Yisrael because Eretz Yisrael will be in their possession. Meaning is it's not that Eretz Yisrael is holding on to them, that it, meaning is that they want to leave, but rather we're holding on to Eretz Yisrael. It's our possession. This is something that we have. This is Birt Seneinu. This is with our ruts and that we want to be there and we want to have possession of it. So according to the Medrash, the Lashon Vayachazu is actually coming from the Lashon of a possess- uh, holding on to and grasping. If we look at the Radak and the Shrashim, which the Rebbe quotes, he, he says that, he says it a little bit deeper, he says that any time in Tyre where he uses the Lashon of an Achuza, he says Achuza itself also comes from the Lashon of to, to hold on to, to Achaz, he says, because what is the Var? He says, because when you, um, when you have an Achuza, the land is holding on to you, because you're attached to it. This is something which is, especially Eretz Yisrael, something which is yours forever. 
or if it's a regular type of Bechuzah, which is not an Eretz Yisrael, it's still something that you're attached to that you can't leave because it's where you belong. So, so in other words, we're having a, a disagreement with Rashi. Where does this Lashon of Yach Zubay? According to Rashi, Yach Zubay is a Lashon of a, t- taking possession, while according to the Medrash, it's a Lashon of grasping, uh, to, to grasp. And, and it means is that uh, the land of Mitzrayim grasped onto the Jewish people. So just to give a little bit more explanation of how, why each one, or how each one learns the Pasuk, is that according to the Medrash, that the, the Sherish is a Lashon of Achaz, or Achiza, to grab, then if, it, if you wanted to translate it as the Jewish people are grabbing onto or holding onto uh, Eretz Gershon, which is the land of Mitzrayim, the proper um, verb would be a Pail. That, that the Bnei Yisrael are grabbing onto it. So if you have the noun of Achiza, so the way how you would put it into a Pail would be with the Chaylam, that they grabbed onto it. The would be that the Jewish people, that they were grabbing onto it, showing that the Jewish people are doing the action. But with the, the Sherish of Achiza, and you have the words, it becomes passive. So means that they are being grasped onto by it. They were grabbed onto it by it. So according to the, the Medrash, that's learning it as an Achiza, the Pail would be Oichez, to grab onto, or they're grabbing onto it, while the passive would be how it's spelled in the passive, they are being grabbed by it. According to Rashi, it's a different word. It's not a lashon of a chiz, it's a lashon of a chuzah. So a lashon of a chuzah, how do you make it into a pile? A chuzah is a noun, it means a, 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 a possession, an inheritance. So how would you make it into a noun? It's So that would mean the pale, that the Jewish people made this piece of land into an achuzah. So when they made it into a possession, meaning they took hold of it. So the reason the Hachrit Hafi Pshat, where Rashi learns that it's a Lashon of Achuzah, is because the Pasuk is telling us how the Jewish people were successful. The Yishif Yisrael, in that land, the Yachzubah, the Yifirubah, the Pasuk is telling us how successful they were and how fruitful and multiple they were. So it makes sense that it's it, it, the first interpretation would fit with the Lashon of the Pasuk, that the Jewish people took hold of the land, that they had in the Chuzah there. They had a certain permanence in the land, and that's why they're able to be very successful, very fruitful, and multiple. as it's knowing what he had this early in Rashi, that when a person's, when uh, Hashem had to give Avraham a bracha, that when he was going into Lech when he was going, when he was leaving his land, when he's on a journey, when he's not living somewhere permanent, he needed a bracha that he was going to be, uh, become a guy gadol. Because naturally, when a person's in a state of exile, they're not very fruitful, as Kiyadua, the history of the Jewish people, that when the Jewish people were sent into exile, when they're having tsars, they didn't grow that much. Mashenke, when there are periods of time where the Jewish people are able to stay in a piece of land and, and live there for a few hundred years, they multiply uh, greatly. So therefore, the, the Pasuk would make more sense according to Rashi. Mashenke, according to the Medrash, why, why would them being in a state of the Yachzuba, the Mitzrayim is holding on to them and they're in, a, in this land against their will, why would that be a reason that they're that they'd be extremely successful and have a, have a lot of children? That it doesn't seem to connect very well. But Adarab, we know that according to the Medrash, this that the Jewish people were very successful, the Pashtas, it's a Medrash really on Shmois, but maybe you could also use it for this Pasek, is that the reason why they're successful was, was a special bracha that Hashem gave, that they were in Gullis, that they still had a lot of uh, children. But, but, but 
But the point is that according to the Medrash, but according to Pshat, if you're saying is that the Chiza is not a reason that would cause them to be fruitful. Adraba, they, they were fruitful despite that they didn't want to be there. So the Rebbe points out that we spoke many times that whenever there's two explanations, two interpretations on a Pasuk, they need to have a connection. But Lachayur, these two interpretations of Rashi and the Medrash seem to be opposites. According to Rashi, they held on to the, they took possession of Eretz Yisrael, and that's what caused them to be very successful there. Mashiach, according to the Medrash, this, the Mitzrayim held on to them, that it was against their will. It wasn't their land. They were there against their will. They're Kilum Dalas in Mitzrayim. So what would be the connection of these two Purushim? But before we go on, there is an important art the Rebbe points out that the Lashon of Rashi, he said, Rashi teaches as Lashon Achuzah. So there are different prints. I know the art school used this print where it has that Rashi is a lush, also uses the Lashon of Achiza. So they have the, the art, certain prints that Rashi says Lashon Achiza, like the Medrash. But the Rebbe points out that how does Lashon Achiza make any sense? What does it mean that the, the land grabbed onto the Jewish people? That doesn't make any sense. It can't mean that the Jewish people grabbed on because it doesn't say So it must be the land's grabbing onto them. But what does that mean? So the Red Jewish gave a lengthy interpretation of what it means. It means is that they were there against their will and it's, uh, they were in Gaulus, but Rashi doesn't give any interpretation and, and there's no way a five-year-old will be able to come up with that shot of the Medrash on his own. So it's, it's very hard to say that Rashi, this, this Girsa is a correct one, Lashon Achiza. So the correct Girsa would be Lashon Achuza. It also points out that there are many Kisvayad and different prints that don't have, even have this Rashi at all. But of course, this Sikha is going with the print that there is this Lashon and Rashi, and the Lashon would be Lashon Achuza. So if we go, um, if we, if we go to the previous Divra Maskal of Rashi, so the previous Maskal is on the words, V'yeshev Yisrael Be'eretz Mitzrayim, that Yisrael, meaning the Bnei Yisrael, lived in Eretz Mitzrayim, and it explains, V'heichan, and where, where in Eretz Mitzrayim, then he quotes words of the Pasuk, Be'eretz Goishan, so V'yeshev Yisrael Be'eretz Mitzrayim, he adds the word, V'heichan, where, and then he continues with the Lashon of the Pasuk, Be'eretz Goishan, so where in Mitzrayim did they live? They lived in the province of Goishan, Shehim Eretz Mitzrayim, that Goshen is part of Eretz Mitzrayim. So Mephoshim are trying to tell us that what was bothering Rashi, because in the Pasuk it says, V'yeshu Yisrael, V'eretz Mitzrayim, V'eretz Goshen, it sounds like they were living in two different places, where they're living in Eretz Mitzrayim, or they're living in Eretz Goshen. So therefore Rashi tells us, no, in Eretz Mitzrayim, they were living in Eretz Mitzrayim, but where specifically, which province in Eretz Mitzrayim, that was in the land of Goshen. But there are a few questions that the Rebbe asks. Uh, the first question the Rebbe asks is, why does Rashi need to add the word Shehim Eretz Mitzrayim? That seems very obvious from the Lashon, from, from the first words. Once the Pasuk says, and Rashi adds the word Beheichem, Eretz Mitzrayim, Beheichem, Eretz Goshen, in the land of Goshen, it's clear what the meaning is that Goshen was in Mitzrayim. Why does he have to tell specifically because it was Eretz Mitzrayim? That seems very redundant and obvious. The Rebbe doesn't bring the Meforshin, Meforshe Rashi, in this particular Sicha, uh, but I did look them up just to give you a, an idea of what they're saying. And probably maybe some possible reasons why the Rebbe wasn't satisfied with them. So one of the answers that are brought answered, what, why is he telling us that it was uh, because you could have maybe touched the Pasuk that when it says you could say meaning is where is Eretz Mitzrayim? Eretz Mitzrayim is in Eretz Goshen. So not like 
in Eretz Mitzrayim, and we're in Eretz Mitzrayim, in Eretz Mitzrayim, you could have understood Rashi to say that they're living in Eretz Mitzrayim, and where Heichan, and where is Eretz Mitzrayim? It's in this larger empire called uh, Goyshen. So therefore, Rashi has to upshlag that and say, no, Shehim Eretz Mitzrayim, that Goyshen is from Eretz Mitzrayim. The Reim gives that answer. But the Rebbe, Rebbe doesn't bring it down, but Papashas, the reason why it's, it's not uh, satisfactory to the Rebbe is because if you just look a few psukim later, sorry, a few psukim earlier, it tells us that uh, that the Bnei Yisrael, Pari gave the Bnei Yisrael uh, this land, and the Lashon of the Pasuk is like this. He says, Eretz Mitzrayim lefenachahi, the mate of arts, etc., the Eretz Gershon. He says, Eretz Mitzrayim is in front of you, and he's gonna, I'm going to give you the best of the land in Eretz Gershon. So Pari is the one talking, and he says, Eretz Mitzrayim is in front of you, and I'm going to give you the best of the land. What is the best of Eretz Mitzrayim? Eretz Gershon. So the Pasuk already told us earlier, clearly, that Eretz Gershon was a place which was in Eretz Mitzrayim. So therefore, um, doesn't why, why would he need to t- tell us this? And second of all, probably, is that we've uh, mentioned Eretz Mitzrayim many, many times in the part in the Torah until this point. So why at this point would he need to tell us that Eretz Mitzrayim is part of a larger empire called Goshen? You've, been t- you've mentioned dozens of times Eretz Mitzrayim, and we never have told bother telling us that by the way Eretz Mitzrayim is part of a larger empire called Goshen. Here at the last Pasuk in Beratius, it needs to tell us that Eretz Mitzrayim is part of Eretz Gershon. It doesn't make any sense. So Elamai, it's Pashit, that when it tells us that it's Eretz Gershon, it's trying to tell us is that where do the Jewish people living? They're living in Eretz Mitzrayim. We're specifically in Eretz Gershon. The second question the Rebbe asks is, why Bechlau does it need to say even in the Pasuk the words Eretz Mitzrayim? We already know, as we mentioned from a few Pesukim earlier, it said that Pius is the mate of arts of Hanacha, and he gives him Eretz Gershon. So we already know that Eretz Gershon is part of Eretz Yisrael. So why is the Pasuk says, V'yeshid Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Gershon, just cut out the words of Eretz Yisrael, and, and everything still makes sense. V'yeshid Yisrael, Eretz Gershon, V'yachazuba, and it's understood, we already know that Eretz Gershon is part of Eretz Yisrael, because Pari gave it to them. So why add the words in the Pasuk to Eretz Yisrael at all? It seems Eberic. So Rashi is telling us, that, oh, it's, you know, Eretz Mitzrayim, I'm wearing Eretz Gershon. But we already know that Eretz Gershon is part of Eretz Mitzrayim. So why is the Pasuk need to tell us this at all? So the portion also uh, talk about this particular idea. The Be'er Sada want, gives an answer. Again, the Rebbe doesn't quote it. But he says that if you look in, say, for Yeshua, the different lands that Yeshua conquered, it says that he conquered a place in Eretz Yisrael called Eretz Gershon. And this Eretz Gershon was given over to Shevet Yehuda. So therefore, in, since there was a place called Eretz Goshen in Eretz Yisrael, we could have understood if it would have just said of Yisrael, the Eretz Goshen, we might have thought that it means that they left Mitzrayim and they moved on to live in Eretz Goshen, which was inside of Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, the Pasuk has to tell us that it was the Eretz Mitzrayim, the Eretz Goshen. It's not the Eretz Goshen, which is in Eretz Yisrael. No, it's the Eretz Goshen, which was in Eretz Yisrael. But of course, th- this is a very big daichik. First of all, because, the, of course, the child has never learned Sefer Yeshua, so why would he know, how do you even know that there's an Eretz Goshen, which is in, um, which is, which, which is in Eretz Yisrael? Okay, so that's not really such a shaila on the Pasuk, because the, Rashi is more the one trying to tell us, um, and explaining things for a five-year-old. Rashi Inc. in the Pasuk is really explaining things uh, for, even for an adult. So, so therefore, an adult which has learned Sefer Yeshua maybe would understand that um, Eretz Gershon maybe was a place in Eretz Yisrael where they were living. So therefore, the Pasuk has to tell us Eretz Mitzrayim. 
But that seems like a very big benefit for a more important reason. It's because we mentioned the Pasik just said earlier that Pirate gave them Eretz Gration to live in. So a few psukim later, it says that they lived in Eretz Gration. All of a sudden, we're talking about a different Eretz Gration. Five psukim later, earlier, we said that Pirate gave them Eretz Gration, which is the best of its right. And then all of a sudden, it says that they were living in Eretz Gration, and it doesn't mean the Eretz Gration of five or six psukim earlier. Of course it does. So therefore, the Pasik doesn't need to tell us that's the Eretz Gration. It's very posture, especially once you start continuing on in the Torah and Parashat Shemais, where the Eden were enslaved by power, it's very clear also that they were living in Mitzrayim and they weren't back in Eretz Canaan. So just Bechalal, if you continue learning the Torah, we know that it's not in Eretz Mitzrayim. Okay, so that's the second question of the Rebbe. The third question is, why does Rashi in his Divramasvel bring the words Ve'yeshev Yisrael Be'eretz Mitzrayim? Uh, it seems like the question is Be'eretz Mitzrayim and Be'eretz Gretchen. So he quotes the words Ve'yeshev Yisrael Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Hefan Be'eretz Gretchen. So he's quoting Be'eretz Mitzrayim and the words uh, Eretz Gretchen, which that makes sense. But the Yeshu Yisrael doesn't seem like there's any question on it, according to this interpretation. So just to recap uh, where we're up to before we go into the explanation. Um, the first question was that we have the Yachazuba, which we have the Lashon of Ra- Rashi tells us it means Lashon Achuzah. While according to the Medrash, it means that the land, they were held against their will in the land. And we're trying to understand the connection between these two Purushim. Then we brought the other Divermas of Rashi where it says the Yeshu Yisrael, the Eretz, the Trine, and the Eretz Gretchen. And we asked a few questions. Question number one is, um, why does Rashi need to tell us? We already know that it's part of Eretz Mitzrayim. Then we asked the Pasuk, why does the Pasuk need to bring in the words Eretz Mitzrayim? Let the Pasuk just say Eretz Gretchen because we know where Eretz Gretchen is. And the third question was, in the Divra Maskell, why is Rashi bringing the words Be'eretz Mitzrayim? So the, the explanation. So the shot is that Rashi is coming to answer a contradiction. Earlier, we know by the Brisbane Hafsarim, Avram Avinu was told that your children will be they're going to be in a land which doesn't belong to them for 400 years. But now, it says the Yeshiv Yisrael. It says the Yisrael is Yeshiv, he's living there. And we already know earlier from Rashi that the word Yeshiv is, is the opposite of a Ger. Uh, there's a Toshiv and there's a Ger. The Gur Ba'aretzbanu, the Shvatim say we want to just sojourn as the Ger in this land. While the Lashon Yeshev is a Lashon of permanently living there. Like, as a Toshev, that's when Avram Avinu came to uh, bury Sarin and Chai Sarin. He says, Ger v'toshev animachen. Ger, uh, it could either be like a Ger and therefore help me out, or I'm like a Toshev that Hashem already gave me this land, so therefore I'm, I could take the Kavur for Rachel against your will. So Toshev is something which is more permanent. And then it says, uh, a Lashon of Achuzah. So, sorry, the Yeshiv Yisrael. And then it tells us where were they living, the Eretz Goshen, which is the best land in the tribe, the Meitava Arts. And then it tells us the Yachzubam, Lashon Achuzah, that they held on to it as if it's, as a possession, as an Achuzah, which is a permanent, uh, very strongly holding on to it. So Rashi's question is that the, by the Brisbane, Ibsarin says they're going to be in a land which doesn't belong to them. But over here, we're seeing in this passage that they were living in the best land in the tribe. They were living in a land which is a way of an Achuzah to them. How was this an Indian of Gauls? So that's what's bothering Rashi. So therefore, Rashi answers that where was this Goshen? It's Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Shehi Me'eretz, Shehi, Heicham, Be'eretz Goshen, Shehi Me'eretz Mitzrayim. That it's telling us that Eretz Mitzrayim, that Goshen was an Eretz, Shehi that Goshen is part of Eretz Mitzrayim. Meaning is that even though they might have lived well at that period of time when they were in Galatz, but nonetheless, it's still part of Eretz Mitzrayim which is an Indian of Golas. It's a mocking of Golas. So 
it's understood why Rashi quotes the word Yeshiv Yisrael. That's part of the question. How could there be the Yeshiv Yisrael that they're living there in a permanent way? L'chayr, they're supposed to be in a way of Golis. They have to be in a way of a gear. We also have the question, why does it say Shehi Meretz Yisrael? Because that's the, the answer. The answer is, how could they be living there? It's L'chayr, they have to be in Golis. The answer is, they are in Golis, because Goshen is in Eretz Yisrael. And regarding um, why the Pasuk brings the words Meretz Yisrael, because the Pasuk itself is trying to answer this question. The Pasuk's telling us that even though the Yeshiv Yisrael and the Yifin of Yisrael, nonetheless, it was an Eretz Yisrael. And, and the higher that we see this concept already earlier, that it was supposed to be 400 years that they were in Gaulus. But Papayal, we know that they're only in Mitzrayim for 210 years. So where was the 190 years? So we said the 190 years began when Yitzchak was born. I, Yitzchak, was born in the Eretz Yisrael and lived there for uh, those 190 years. So the answer is, that even though they lived in Eretz Yisrael, but they were an oifen of a ger. They, 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 were, they, were, they, were, they were not an oifen of a teisha. They, it was a land which did not belong to them. So therefore, since it wasn't a land which belonged to them, they therefore was able to be considered, um, therefore was able to be considered for the for, for part of the 400 years. So similarly, over here, they had talk of the oifen of the yesha. But here, it's not their land. It's Eretz Mitzrayim. It's not where they, which their land, what they're supposed to be having. Therefore, it also be considered. So what we're seeing is that basically it seems like that this Brisbane Abbasan, there really were two Nekudas involved. There was a Nekuda of the, the suffering that happens with Gaulus, and there's also this Nekuda that it's not their land. So by Yitzchak, there was, it wasn't his land. He was just a gear. So there was the suffering that came along that it's, it's still not yours. You're just a gear in this land. You're, you're just a visitor. You're not someone who's one of the residents. You're not a citizen of the land. And by Yaakov, even though he was able to live there in the Eifin Vayeshev, but nonetheless, it wasn't his land. It was by Eretz Leilahem. So therefore, he also had the suffering, the knowledge that he's not in Eretz Kanan. He's not on the land which is supposed to be given to him. And that suffering of not being in your land, that would have been the kind given the union of Gauls. And Al-Pizeh, the Chayra, it's also understood what, when it says, Vayeshev Vayeshev, that Vayeshev Yaakov, and Rashi tells us that, Bikish Yaakov Leisha Shalva, therefore Kofetz Lavoyk Seishal Yosef. And the Kli Yaakov explains what's the Vart over there, that since Yaakov was in Eretz Kanan and he wanted to live there in the Oifin of Isyash was in Eretz Kanan, then he wouldn't have been able to fulfill the 400 years of Gaulus. Because since you're in Eretz Kanan and you're living there in the Oifin of Atesha, then, then it's not Eretz Loy Lahem. So therefore, had to be tuckful like Rog Seishal Yosef that he wouldn't have this oifen of the Yeshev there because his child Yosef wasn't there. He didn't have the oifen of the Yeshev anymore because Yosef wasn't there. And eventually, when he had the oifen of the Yeshev, he was already in Mitzrayim. So again, he was in Eretz Leilam, and therefore, it was able to be calculated in the 400 years. So that's part of it, that Hashem wanted the three, 400 consecutive years from the time of Yitzchak until the end of Gaul's Mitzrayim so they could go to Eretz Yisrael right away. Therefore, Kotzal of Rog Seishal Yosef because if not, then Hashem would not have been able to count those years of, ya- of Yaakov um, living in Eretz Yisrael and the hyphen of his Yashvis. So before we go right there, just I wanted to point out that this whole discussion of the stira that Rashi's pointing out, that L'chayra, they're supposed to have, uh, they're supposed to be in Golis. On the other hand, we're saying that it was a Lashon of, of an Akhuza, and they were living there peacefully and, and prosperously. According to the Medrash that we mentioned earlier, it's this. This isn't a question at all, because according to the Medrash, we said the Yaksubai means that that the Eretz Mitzrayim was holding on to them against their will. So it's mashma that it wasn't something uh, that they wanted, 
And if you look in the Bachia, the Bachia also learns like according to the Magister Yachsu by the Lashon of Achisa, he says like this. He says, when the brothers came, they tell Avadacha that your servants are coming to live, to, to sojourn, to live uh, 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 temporarily in the land. And therefore, the Pasuk tells us, of Yisrael, to tell us that their machshava was not Niskan. They wanted to be Lagur Ba'aretzbani. They wanted to do an Eifin of Geros. But their machshava wasn't Niskan. And, and what happened was, of Yisrael, they were living there in Eifin of Yisrael. And why was that? Sorry, of Yisrael, that Yisrael lived there. Yisrael is the father. And they were also, uh, and they, the children, were held onto it. They, they were, they were, Held the land, held onto them, and did not leave, let them leave. So they wanted to be in the of Gerts, but Papel, Yisrael lived there, and the Yachsubai, and the children were also held onto there, and they were not able to leave. So according to the Medrash, Ula Yesh Leimar, that he's saying, Lechatchila, this was an Indian of Gaulus. Therefore, that, of course, answers it uh, even in, in, a, in a stronger way. It's not just, like Rashi says, or the Lashon of Echuzah, but nonetheless, it's an Eretz Israel. He says, even the Eifin that they were there, was against their work because they, they actually wanted to leave right away, but they weren't able to. So that's the beer al pipshat of, of Rashi. But now the Rebbe is going to go into al pipnimi senyonim. And through explanation of this Rashi al pipnimi senyonim, we're able to connect the Nedrish to Rashi, our original question. So we know that the union of Golos ultimately is the union of to be mazachic, to purify, to elevate the Jewish people, that they should be royal for Kabbalah Satira, that was the union of Kabbalah Satira, was that be able to refine them, the Kurha Barza, which would refine them, be able to have Kabbalah Satira, and to go into Eretz Yisrael. And of course, we know that Galus Adain is also an union of Tsar and, and Golus that will help us become refined in Mezuchach, that we should be right to uh, the Gilu of Pini Satira, Lasa Lavi. So the Shaila is, how was the Yidin able to fulfill this union through the Yeshiv Yisrael? If it was an Eifin of his Yashvos, Lechaira, how are they able to fulfill this Indian of Golis? So this will be another Indian, and we're going to see how Rashi takes care of this Indian, uh, you know, how Rashi is going to answer this question. So that's question one. How is it that through the Yeshu Yisrael, and even if the Siyashas were able to make the Indian of Tsar of Golis? And the second question is, how that, uh, the Lashon of Echuzah. So the uh, Lashon of Echuzah, the pneumistic pshat of the Lashon of Echuzah, the etzim pshat of Lashon of Echuzah is a, a, a permanent inheritance of land. So Apidrash, looking at the word Achuza Kipshutai, Rashi says it's a Lashon of Achuza, that would mean that the Jewish people inherited the land in a way of an Achuza that it's theirs forever. But how could you say that about the land of Mitzrayim? Where do we have an Achuza forever? That's only in Eretz Yisrael. The Seis Lachas, the Eretz Hazois, the Rishta, Eretz Yisrael was a, was a Yerusha for the Jewish people forever. But how could you say by Mitzrayim that it was an Achuza? Something which was an inheritance to them, something which belonged to them. Um, so Alpi Pshat, it's not a question, as we mentioned already earlier, because Achuza doesn't even mean an inheritance. And Achuza can mean that uh, you're holding on to a piece of property in a strong way, in a, in a more permanent type of fashion. Not eternal, but a permanent type of fashion. And since the Jewish people were living in Eretz Goshen for 210 years, that would definitely qualify for a permanent uh, holding of, of this land. So Eretz Goshen was there in a permanent way, uh, permanence of 210 years. Not eternal, but again, permanent. So if you shot, this is not a question. But we're asking it more, again, we're looking at the Pnimis Yonim, the Inyan of the Atzim Pshat of, of, of Achuza is really a Yerusha. So how could we say that the Yitin had a Yerusha on Eretz Mitzrayim? Shabbos is going to bring two answers. The first answer he brings is based on a Radak. 
It says in Sefer Yeshua, we mentioned this earlier, Perikid Al-Pasik design, that when Yeshua conquered Eretz Yisrael, one of the places he conquered was Eretz Goshen, and he gave it to Sheva Yehuda. So Apipshat, this Goshen was a place in Eretz Yisrael. But Apidrash, Rashi brings in Sefer Yeshua, and also Radak brings this, that Eretz, this Eretz Goshen is the Eretz Goshen of Mitzrayim. And when Yeshua conquered the land of Eretz Yisrael, he also conquered uh, Eretz Goshen. So that means Eretz Goshen was included within uh, the, 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 the cities of the Jewish people. That's why it actually says by Yosef, it says that Sha'ol of the Kras Avi, that he went up to greet his father. Why does it say that he went up? Because we know that Eretz Yisrael is the highest of all lands. And his father was in, went to Goshen. As we know, he sent, he sent, Yaakov sent Yehuda in front of him to the land of Goshen, to say Yeshiva. So they first went to Goshen. So Yosef, when he goes to greet his father in Goshen, it says he goes up. Because Eretz Goshen was on the border of Eretz Yisrael. So it's on the, um, would have been in the borders of uh, Eretz Yisrael, meaning it's Eretz Yisrael, but it would have bordered the land of Eretz Yisrael. So it was also on a hilly and mountainous terrain. So when Yosef came up, he had to go up. So therefore, when the, they conquered Eretz Yisrael, they also conquered the area that they lived in, uh, which was part of Eretz Yisrael. And it was given to Yehuda, because since Yehuda was the one that set up the base of Medrash in Goshen, he was the one who was able to get this piece of land. So Ibozai, why does it say Alashan of Achuza by Eretz Mitzrayim? It's because Bipnimi Sinyonim, Eretz Goshen was an Achuza. Yes, Alpipshat, it, it means that they lived there for a long period of time. But Alpipnimi Sinyonim, the Torah is telling us that Eretz Goshen was an Achuza because ultimately it would become part of Eretz, Eretz Israel. That's an interesting pshat, but the Rebbe is not satisfied with it because at the end of the day, why is the Torah calling Eretz Goshen Nachuzah to Bnei Yisrael? Because later on, Yeshua would conquer it, and then it would become a Nachuzah. In other words, right now, when they were given uh, Eretz Mitzrayim by Parai, and they lived in it, and they possessed it, it wasn't a Nachuzah. It wasn't an eternal inheritance for them. Uh, it was temporary. That's the way how they acquired it. It's like and, and, and Temporary meaning is like any other type of piece of land that you acquire, which is never eternal. But eventually, when Yeshua would conquer Eretz Yisrael, and he would also conquer Eretz Goshen, at that point in time, Eretz Goshen would become part of the Ari Yisrael. So why is it using the Lashon of Achuza now? Because of what ultimately uh, will occur. Right? So it's, it's not an upshlug of the question, of this particular answer, but the Rebbe is not, he, he just says it's shver. He's not completely satisfied. Because again, you could still say that the Torah is hinting this concept that Eretz Goshen, Bethlehemius, would become an Achuza the Jew, Jewish people, but still the Chatzimius, or the Rebbe's, the Rebbe's asking is, but still at this point in time, when they were living in it, they didn't make it in the Chuzah. It says, they made it into Chuzah. They didn't make it into Chuzah. This is something that Yeshua would do much, much later on. So the second explanation the Rebbe gives is, is based on a Medrash. It says that when, um, after Parai took Sarah, uh, he was planning for her to become his wife, so he wrote her a Ksuba. But when he tried to sleep with her that night, we know the Malacha basically stopped him and he was not able to lie with her. And uh, they, they realized, as this, uh, you know, we'll go through the whole story, but they basically realized that Sarah was, of course, the wife, the wife of Avram. So he sent, so Parah sent Sarah back to Avram. But when he sent her back to Avram, he still gave her Ksuba. So when he married her, um, again, it wasn't a real marriage because she was already married to Avram, but what he thought to marry her, he also wrote her this Ksuba. So in the Ksuba, one of the things that it said is that he's giving her the Eretz Goshen. So when he sent her back to Avram, he gave her all the, he gave her Eretz Goshen, which was written in the Ksuba. So according to this, Eretz, the reason why 
the Medrash says that Parah gave the Yaakov of Vanav, the land of Elishim, it's because he knew that in truth it belonged to them anyway. That since his the prior Parah gave this to Sarah, so therefore it belonged to the Jewish people, so therefore when they came up, he gave them the land of Goshen. So as according to this, when the Jewish people were living in Eretz Goshen, it literally was an Achuza. It was an Achuza from Sarah. So it, so it, it, it does make sense, this Lashon of Achuza, that was an inheritance, because the Taka was uh, an inheritance that they received. So that explains uh, that, that second question of how could, why are we using the Lashon of Achuza, which is Lashon of a, a, a Yerusha, the this wasn't a Yerusha. So the answer is it was a Yerusha, it was a Yerusha from Sarah. But Oibazai, though, the prior question becomes even starker. Our question was that the Yidim were living there in the Eretz Leilahem. And so how could you say that there was an Indian of Zichuch, uh, purification that happened? They were living in, their, they were living in a way of Isyashus. They were happy living there. So according to this, this makes the question even stronger. Not only were they happy living there, but it was actually their land. It wasn't even like, oh, they're living there, but it's an Eretz Israel. No, it's Eretz Kreshen, it was Yerusha from Sar. So Eibazai, this is literally their land. They're living in their own land. In a way of Isyashus, in a way of Yachzuba. So, how could the Mukhaim, the Eden of, of the purification, which is supposed to happen through Gaulus Mitzrayim? So, the Rebbe explains that based on the Torah, R, the Torah brings a Zayar. The Zayar tells us that the Eden of Gaulus can be Mukhaim in two ways. It could be Gaulus Kapshutai through the Shibud of Gaulus, the suffering and the servitude of Gaulus. And the second way is through learning Torah. As we know, it says in the Pikriyavis, uh, that I'm called Makabal of Old Taira, Mavir Memenu, Almachus, whoever's Makabal the Old of Taira, the yoke of Taira, he's able to remove the yoke of Almachus uh, of the government. And of course, the other way around, whoever removes the Old Taira will have to do the Almachus. So there are these two Oifanim of, of having this yoke of Gaulus, the, the yoke which is, causes a, a, a purification. There could be the Almachus or the Old Taira. So the Jewish people, so the Taira tells us that the, that the Shibud, which the Avoid Kasha, it says that they had Avoid Kasha. Avoid Kasha, Apipnimis in Yanim is a Kabbal Chaymer. Sorry, Avoid Kasha is a Kushia. The Chaymer would mean Kabbal Chaymer. Levainim, the bricks, would mean Liban Holchasa, the purification or the, the clarification of the Halacha. So therefore, through the Yegiyah of learning Torah and an Oifen, that it's an oil, you're able to also have that Zichuch. So therefore, he wants to say that how did Yaakov Rubanov have the Zichuch, which is supposed to come to Gauls Mitzrayim? That was through learning Torah by Hasmad Vishkida uh, in, in a way that it was an oil, that uh, it was a yoke on them, not just something that they did for pleasure, but something that they knew that this was, uh, they were, in a sense, almost enslaved to it. Um, but the only problem with that is we just need to have a little bit more of a deeper explanation. Because still, at the end of the day, even if you want to say they were in Mitzrayim, there was a certain, what was the goals that they had? It was really, uh, 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 sorry, not the goals. What was the zikhuf they had? That was to the Altaira. But still, by the Brisbane of Mitzrayim, it says it's an Eretz Loi Lahem. So here it was an Eretz that belonged to them. It was Eretz Gaishim, which was a Yerusha. So yes, maybe they were kind of seeing a zikhuf for Taira, but the Brisbane of Mitzrayim clearly said it had to be in a land which wasn't theirs. But this was their land. The Abir, the Zeh, is that even though Eretz Gershon had a certain level of Kedusha to it, um, the Al speaks about the Kedusha which was in Eretz Gershon. As we mentioned, a few reasons. A, it was Yerusha from Sarah. It was also eventually going to be uh, swallowed into the land of Eretz Israel. Uh, the Yidim were living there. But ultimately, of course, it did not have the same level of Kedusha as Eretz Israel. 
Eretz Yisrael's Hashem Hashem's eyes are always on it. Therefore, it wasn't the land which was fitting for them. It, it wasn't their land. Yes, it's like living in a house. You have a home, but it's not your home. Or it's a home, but it's not your the home which uh, you know you got it from. You bought a home, but it doesn't fit who you are. It's in the wrong neighborhood. You know, it's like far away from the shul. It, it doesn't have enough bedrooms. So similarly over here, they were living in Eretz Goshen, but it wasn't a land which was, it was still an Eretz Loilahat, even as it was a land which wasn't fitting for them. It might have been theirs technically, but what is it a land of Pneumus which was fit for them? Uh, if you look at the um, uh, the Kuzari, the Kuzari talks about how within the Jewish people, there's a potential for Nevuah, and within the land of Israel, there's this potential of holiness, which is in there. This potential of Nevuah and Kedusha, which is in Eretz Yisrael. So there's a certain potential which is in Eretz so which is in, which, which isn't in any other land. So the Jewish people who have this level of kedusha uh, wouldn't fit in any other land. They have to be in Eretz Yisrael in order to realize their potential. Therefore, we consider an Eretz Lailahat. So therefore, through being in this land which wasn't theirs, through that they're able to make the Indian of Tsar and the Shibut of Golis, and that also would have contributed, of course, to the Indian of Zichuch. So the Zichuch would have been through being in a land which wasn't theirs. They wouldn't have that same level of, of kedusha v'chulu. And of course, through through the learning of Tyre. And then the Rebbe explains a little bit, a, a little bit deeper, that in Tyre R tells us that there were two Yuridas that the Jewish people had in uh, when they went down to Mitzrayim. Because if you look at the Parsh the Yigash, tells us how Yaakov, Uvanov, uh, how they went down to Mitzrayim, or Ishu Beisai, and then it also in Parsha Shemois, it tells us how Yaakov Uvanov, they went to, or Isha Be- I forgot which one was which. One of the Isha Beis, and one of was uh, Yaakov Uvanov, that they went down to Mitzrayim. So it tells us two times how Yaakov and his children went down to Mitzrayim. So why does it say two times? This is because there are two Yeridites. There was the original Yeridite of Yaakov going with his children. And then there was the second Yeridite, which happened when Yosef died. Because when Yosef died, that's when the, the Sheba Bepoil began. So Yaakov was alive. Uh, the Shiva was through an oifen of, again, as we said, they're, they're, they're on in Eretz Canaan, they're in Eretz Goshen, which is in Eretz Yitzrayim, and, and the Zichuch happened through learning Torah. But when Yosef died, it moved to the second stage, which was that there was the Shiva Bepeo, when they actually were enslaved physically, that's when that uh, began. That's why I talked about two Yeridais. Uh, I should point out that in, 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 in Rashi and Midrashim, you see different things are said about when exactly did the Golas begin. You know, Rashi brings that as soon as Yaakov, that when Yaakov died, already the Shibbat began. And then we also have, when it brings in the Magistrate, when Yosef died, the Shibbat began. Another place brings when all of the brothers died, including Levi, which Levi was the last one passed away. Another one says, meaning as any of the 70 people were still alive, the Shibbat didn't begin until everybody of that generation passed away. So, so, so the, the first thing explain it, but the basic idea is that there were different stages of the Shibud. You know, there was a certain, uh, when Yaakov passed away, there was a certain uh, Shibud that began. Uh, the, the, the Mizrahi wants to say is that that's when the Jewish people took upon themselves, you know, they somewhat left the base Medrash to voluntarily uh, take upon themselves to do uh, to, you know, take jobs in the economy, become more part of the, uh, to take jobs and, and, and uh, to work for Pare. But it was, it was voluntary. Maybe they got paid for it at that point. You know, when Yosef died, um, it became, uh, you know, uh, they had to do it. 
you know, when, when Levi died, it became like, like a deeper level of Shubud when they had the whole generation. So it was like this, the, the stages of, it was voluntary and then became more Shubud and more Shubud, uh, you know, being it's not, you had to do it, but you got paid. You're not even getting paid for doing it. They gave you harder levels of work. Originally, the men did men work, the women did women's work, and then they switched it. Like uh, in different levels of Shubud, what happened as, as, as time went on. But either way, the point is, there's two main Yeridis. The first one was actually leaving Eretz Canaan and going down to Mitzrayim. And the second one was in Yosef Dai when it's Shiva the Gaul. So what's the difference? The difference was that the first stage of Gaulus was, uh, the, the main idea of the Gaulus at that point was because they're not in Eretz Yisrael. And it gave the Nesinus Machim that eventually they reached that second stage. Right? But being in Eretz Goshen, that allowed them, being in Eretz Yisrael, that allowed them to eventually come to the second stage of Shibud where they would leave the base Medrash and they would be Mavirim and then Altair, they left the Altair from upon themselves and therefore they had to be Bukabal upon themselves, the Olmalchus. So just being an Eretz Yisrael, that eventually led them. So being an Eretz Yisrael is two parts of the goal. One is the Etzin that they left Eretz Yisrael and the Kedush of Eretz Yisrael, even though that the, 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 it says in Chazal that there's no Torah like the Torah which is worth in Eretz Yisrael. And then that also gave the, the potential that in the future that the Yidim could, uh, you know, uh, become affected by the environment that they're in and eventually be literally in Eretz Mitzrayim in their ship. And that's, of course, we know what happened. Uh, therefore, they began to forget about the Tsar of not being in Eretz Leilahem. And uh, once they forgot about that type of Tsar, we know that you have to be in Tsar of Golis, so because that's part of the Zichuk. So once they forgot about that Tsar of not being in, in Eretz Canaan, therefore the, the other type of Tsar began, which was the Shibut Bupayal. Um... He says, and this is also hinted to in, in, in the Rashi, in our Parsha. So when Rashi says that they're living the Eretz Goshen, which is Eretz Mitzrayim, that's part of Eretz Mitzrayim, Rashi's also hinting to the second level of Yerida. That the first level of Yerida is that from Eretz Mitzrayim, that they left the Eretz Yisrael, they left the Kedush of Eretz Yisrael. But he's also telling you the second level, that's part of Eretz Mitzrayim. That since Goshen was part of Eretz Mitzrayim, that would leave eventually, that would transform to Eretz Mitzrayim Papayah. So it's Goshen, which is the best of the land, and, and it's still Makim of Samat Kedusha, and they're learning. But he says, Shihim Eretz Mitzrayim. But ultimately, what is Eretz Goshen? It's part of Eretz Mitzrayim. And therefore, since it's part of Eretz Mitzrayim, it's going to transform into Eretz Mitzrayim, literally, where we're going to have the Shubat Bapayal. So, according to this, now we were able to jump back and connect. The, the Pirish of the Medrash to the Pirish of Rashi on, on the Lashon of the Yachazuba. And with a little that we, as we mentioned a few times already, the Lashon of the Chuzah you're able to explain in two ways. It can mean a possession, or it can mean a Lashon of Yerusha, a Lashon of, of inheritance. And uh, I, I should point out, because I probably wasn't so accurate earlier, I said Yerusha is a Yerusha which is forever. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe there's two levels of Yerusha. Even in Achuzah, which is a, is a Yerusha, there could be a regular type of Yerusha that, a, that you, a child gets from his parents, which could be in any land. And then, of course, there's a Yerusha, there's an Achuzah, which is an Eretz Yisrael, which is an Achuzas Oilam, which is a permanent one. So really, maybe in the Lashon Achuzah, you could say there's three ways of translating. One is a possession, that you possess something in a permanent way. You could, you could, you could buy it, but you possess it in a permanent type of way. Then there's an Achuzah, which is a Yerusha. And in Yerusha itself, there could be two ways. There could be a, a regular Yerusha, which is even a start. And then there could be a Yerusha, which is an Eretz Yisrael, which is by land, which is something which is uh, 
permanent and forever. Okay, so when Rashi says that it's a that it's a lotion of Ahuza, Rashi's hinting to again a big Shaltaira, Rashi's trying to hint to us that it's a lotion of Ahuza, that it's something which is uh, in Yerusha, because that's the shot really of uh, who's something which is a inheritance. So what is he trying to tell us? He's telling us that what's the kavana? What was the purpose of going down to Eretz Mitzrayim? So it tells us in Chassidus that that there is the Shvir Sakelim of Tayyar, that the the sparks of holiness, which are that which come from the world of Tayyar, which are found within uh, Mitzrayim. There was these 210 sparks which were found in Mitzrayim. And the purpose of the Yidin going down to Mitzrayim was in order to be an absolute Mitzrayim. They were supposed to empty out Mitzrayim of all of its sparks of holiness. And that was the idea of the Yerusha. That the idea was that they were supposed to Yarshim, they're supposed to inherit these sparks of Kedusha um, which were there. And, and, and the Rebbe brings that. Why, why the Lushan of Yerusha? He says, because the Friedrich Rebbe tells us that what is the the Yerusha from Esav. So it tells us in the Pasuk that in a situation where there's, there's no brothers. Um, let me just get the, the Lashon of the Friedrich Rebbe. He says, it's all, when it says, when it says, that when there's no son, then when a father doesn't have any children, then you give the nachala to his brother. So when there's a child, of course, you give it to the child. If there's no son, then you give it, no son or daughter, then, you, then it goes to the brother. So he says, who's the brother of Esau? The brother of Esau is Yaakov. So Esau, it's explained in Kabbalah that Esau is Oilam HaTahu and Yaakov is Oilam HaTikim. So therefore, Yaakov is the one that Yashin's Esau. So the, why is it called a Yerushan Achuza? It's because Yaakov is inheriting it. He's inheriting these sparks of Kedusha from Esau, because there uh, were originally Esau's sparks, and Yaakov is the one that's uh, inheriting them. So al that we know what the Kavana of the Golas is, in addition, we mentioned earlier the idea of purification of the Jewish people, is also an aspect of the purification, what happens through uh, elevating the sparks of Kedusha. That's, of course, part of this purification. When you have these sparks that elevates the Jewish people the whole different level. So it says, according to Pshat, according to Rashi, the Yachuzu is the Lashon of, 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 of an Achuzah. Because in Pashtas, when they're living in, uh, in, in the time of Pashtas, um, they didn't begin yet the Golas of Mitzrayim. On the contrary, at that time, it was a way of an Achuzah, the Yeshu Yisrael, they were living there very permanently, living there in a very successful way. But according to the Medrash, the Yachsu is the Lashon of Achiza, meaning is that Mitzrayim was holding on to them, that they were there against their will. So what that means is that what's, this is really the difference in style between the Rashi and the Medrash. Rashi is looking at Pshat, while the Medrash is looking the Pnimi Yisrael and what's going on. So Rashi learns it, that it's a Lashon of Achiza, because the Chatsoinius, what does it look like? It looks like they're living there very well. But the Medrash looks at it and says, what's the Pnimius, what's really going on over here? What's really going on is, it's an achiza. They're being held onto in this land. This is something which is against their will. And the re- idea is, because even when they're in Eretz Goyshin, the Helen and the Pneumius, this already was an union of Gauls. As we mentioned earlier, there are two points in that. A, they were not living in Eretz Yisrael, and B, this would lead to an even greater level of Gauls. 
And what was the previous Dikha Kavana and reason for this? So why was the land holding on to them? The land was holding on to them in order for the Jewish people to have an Achuzah. So the land, they were in Golis, in Oifen, that the land, they had to be there. They were Achazizben, they had to be in Golis, and they had to go through the suffering of Golis, both levels of suffering, the first stage and the second stage. But what was the purpose? That's what Rashi is telling us. Lashon Achuz, in order for them to make it Achuz, to make a Yerusha, and be able to inherit the sparks of Kedusha. So now we're seeing the connection between these two Pshatim. The Rashi's Pshat, which is telling you how it looked, the Chatzonius, which was a, 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 that they had an Achuzah, that had an Achuzah, they had possessed the land, they had Yerusha in this land from Sarah, but Pneumius, that's also true. They had a Yerusha in the land, meaning because they were elevating the sparks of Kedusha, which were there. And that fits beautifully with the Medrash, because the Medrash says that the Yachuzubay, that they were there against their will. Why are they there against their will? Because they had a job to do there. They had to have this Shibut of Gols, which is part of the Zichuf, the, the Bureau of the Sparks. So Rashi's telling you, part of what Rashi's telling you is really the Kavana of the Medrash. Why does it need to be the Yachuzubay that's in order to have an achuza there. There had to be an achiza in order to that there should be an achuza.